Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello listeners and readers. This is Brad here with a quick Kickstarter update before we start the episode. You may be aware that I am running a Kickstarter at the moment for a collected edition of my humor comic book, Tales Too Stupid to Tell. Well, it's going well. We've reached our target, but we are, I'd love to get a little bit more support so we can do some more cool things and make the book better, bigger, and funnier. If you want to check out the Kickstarter page, go to tiny.cc slash stupidtales. That is tiny.cc slash stupidtales. And support us if you want. Uh, thanks everyone who has pledged at this stage and made it a success and without any further ado, let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to Traveling Issues. It's a podcast about comic books, but for everyone, even if you don't like comics, you can get something out of this podcast. At least that's the aim. Every fortnight, we read a single issue of a comic book and talk about it in somewhat ridiculous detail, hopefully entertaining and informing you about it and a heap of other stuff. If you want, you can read along with the comic, if you can find a copy, but you don't have to. The comic itself may be good, it may be bad, or it might be a little bit uh, batshit, but it will definitely be noteworthy. I'm Brad Daniels, comic book writer, artist, and fan, and this week's guest is programmer, uh, I've improviser, I'm doing great, and creator of all things, Reese McCain. Hello, Brad. Thank you so much. Programmer as my first credit on a, a comic book podcast. That makes me feel great. Yeah. yeah that's got to be your bona fides, man. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I am a nerd of some description, so it's uh, good. Yeah, seems to be a fairly common theme with my guests. I don't know why that seems to That's be, so but odd. Yeah, it's strange. However, as I said, this is a this is a podcast for everyone. So, and I uh, I try to get people who are nerdy in different ways, at the very least. Uh, Reese, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, sure. So I'm a, I'm a programmer, as you say, that's my, by day and my secret identity at night is, uh, doing improv comedy and sketch comedy and, uh, making sketch comedy YouTube videos and making weird things online on my website. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much me. You're, you're a man of many talents, I would say. I'm a man of many unfinished projects. That's what I am. <laughs> Well, that's uh, you have ambition, and I like that. Uh, what is your relationship to comic books? When, what, what do you think about them? What do they think about you? Hey, Brad, I, I, I know you, you try and make a welcoming atmosphere here, but I think this might be sacrilege to say I'm more of a novel man myself. What? 
And I'm sorry to have incurred your wrath so early. Um, But I think given the choice, I'd have to take novels. But I I do have a history with comic books. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I I used to get um, a lot of comic books from my elder brother. He would buy them. He collected them. Still does. Um, And so I read a lot of Ultimate X-Men. Oh. Uh, And my other brother, who was also older than me, um, collected a lot of Tintin. And so I read Tintin as well. I've pretty much read all of Tintin, I believe. Um, but yeah, Tintin various is is primo stuff. It is beautiful. It's, it's beautiful, beautifully delineated, and very exciting stories in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, various hand-me-downs from it. And then later on, I, I've I've read certain uh, well-known graphic novels like Watchmen and uh, V for Vendetta, and uh, or the Killing Joke. Is that a graphic novel or just a individual? Yeah, that is, a, that is a graphic novel. Okay, very good. And all three you described are written by the same person. Yes. So I, I, I think they're just the only ones you're meant to care about, just the ones that he's done. Yeah, all of Alan Moore's work he did for DC right. Comics. I, I haven't read his uh, super weird recent stuff, though. Ah. So I, I'm falling behind in my Alan Moore uh, fandom there. Well, uh, some of them, some of them, it's good that you haven't read. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, the, the other thing I read was um, Fun Home. Oh, yes. I enjoyed that very much as well. Yeah. Now, but yeah, just, just uh, various little things here and there. Uh, no collecting of issues and of uh, different things like that. Just uh, once in a while, I'll pick something up. Uh, that's like a contained, a self-contained story that I can yeah, read. Yeah, so you don't go down to the comic store every week and say, give me the latest Batman. No. I, I no, see I what not. Batman is doing. Batman. He's probably throwing batarangs. Almost certainly. I've kind of worked him out by this point. <laughs> I think I think you've, you've, got, you've hit on something there, Reese. Uh, yeah, well, that's good. Now, if I was to look at your uh, your bookshelf... Yes. Would, would there be any graphic novels there, or do you like get them, read them, give them back to the library? I think mostly I've just borrowed them from people I know. Yeah, I, I do not. Bl- I have Fun Home because I uh, got that initially for a uni course. Oh wow! Um, but other than that, I do not believe I have any graphic novels. No. Okay. Well, this is interesting. Uh, and once again, it's like everyone seems to have a different relationship to comics, and I'm very excited about this episode. Because this is a comic that I've been wanting to share with uh, share with someone in this <laughs> podcast. I'm honoured uh, to be that someone, Brad. And I am really curious as to see what your reaction is. Um, so we'll get into that in a little bit. Well, a little bit of a teaser there. Uh-oh. Uh, we are, this, this episode, we read Saga, number one. Issue number one, published in December 1940. 19, December 2014, <laughs> not 1914, that would be crazy. Uh, December 2014, written by Brian K. Vaughan and illustrated by Fiona Staples. Uh, and let's get into it, shall we? Sounds great. Out of curiosity, Brad, when, when did you first read Saga? How long have you been sitting on this one? I probably read it about six months after it debuted, so okay. probably 2015. I was a very different person then in a very different <laughs> right. time of my life. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I 
I thought it was a very. Uh, I heard all sorts of good things about it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a very interesting and very different uh, sort of story. Yeah, yeah, I have uh, actually I have heard of it before. I there's some various places I frequent on the internet. I've, it, it, the name has come up a few times, um, and I and I've seen a particular character uh, referenced and and like the image of. Um, but we'll get to that later as well. Okay, so um, when we get to that character, I'm going to make a ding ding noise about who I think it is. Okay, I'm excited for that. Yeah. Okay, so watch out for the ding ding. One thing I do is make games. So any any sort of game we can inject into this podcast, I'm excited for. Okay. So uh, I think well, I'll go ding ding when I say when I when we reach the character that I think you have heard of. Yeah. And, and I'll go awooga when it's the actual character. <laughs> okay. And, and so you might have a combined sound effect, ding ding ding, and awooga going off. Yes, indeed. If all goes well. Okay. So uh, I think if I am thinking of the same character that you are, <laughs> it'll be when the name of that character is said. Okay. That way we, there'll be no confusion over what's going on. Uh, and I want you to uh, go ding ding when uh, we right. come to the bit of this comic which you think that I was most wanted people to read. Okay, that is very interesting. I haven't thought about that at all. Oh uh, well, I'm at, we're putting layers into it. Yep. Okay. And you'll go awooga. <laughs> okay, I will. At the same okay. time. Okay. Woo, fantastic. This is this it's, is. This Injected a lot of jeopardy into this. I'm I'm excited and I'm tense. Well, that's what I that's what I aim for with my guests. Uh, starting with the cover, it's Saga. There is a picture of a woman breastfeeding a baby. She has wings, little insect wings growing out of her back. She's got a bit of attitude. Uh, looking at the camera, unless I'm mistaken, there is a chap there with a sword. And ram's horns on his head. And they're both dressed in what I would describe as uh, contemporary-looking clothes uh, with a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of an attitude going on there. Thoughts on the cover? Uh, just the, the very first thing I noticed was the, the ram guy has two belts. I guess one is like a belt for his sword. Mm-hmm. But would you need both? Surely you can get a sword belt that keeps up your pants. Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know about your financial situation, but <laughs> that's right. I'm loaded. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> some of us have to have just as I ha- I have trouble enough getting like belts that'll hold my pants up without having to keep a sword in its place as well. That's fair. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also the uh, that little little weapon of some kind that the the lady is carrying uh yes Very yes a sleek little, sleek little looks like a little like a uh a golden a golden age laser pistol sort of like from the early days of science fiction yeah so general thoughts on the cover i i think it it definitely conveys what the the main subjects of the story are but if i saw that i probably wouldn't it probably wouldn't uh, encourage me to open up the book. I judge books by their cover all the time. Uh, and, and as a novel uh, reader, that would be very uh, successful sort of way of going, I imagine. It is, actually, because some novels just have terribly graphic-designed covers, and you can tell 
that the people behind it didn't care enough about their book. <laughs> it's say... the best way. I recommend everyone judge books by their covers. Well, you heard it here first. Hard to argue with that. Okay, moving on to page. I like the I like the um, the fact that it is a bit of a graphic designy cover. Which it is, yeah. Know, it's it's nice and sleek and simple. Yeah, a bit. It does a look. look it looks like a novel cover as opposed to a comic book cover. Yeah. Uh, okay, and we'll start with the uh, the first page of story. Okay. There's a woman who looks quite angry. <laughs> Uh, strange, and, you might say. Yes, strained. Um, okay, and there's there's throughout the issue there is what appears to be handwritten notes mm. or handwritten uh, narration. One could say, you can imagine someone saying that in a child's voice, perhaps. Uh, this is how an idea becomes real. And uh, the lady says, "Am I shitting? It feels like I'm shitting." Aruga, Aruga. <laughs> uh, incorrect. Wait, oh, oh, this is your best. Oh, this is your bit. Oh, sorry. This is the bit that I wanted to... Okay, I thought it might be, but I didn't say ding ding, so it doesn't count. I lose my point. Uh, I'm on negative one points now. I, okay. It makes sense that this is what you wanted to. This is a bold opening. It is, it is a crazy first page. <laughs> and, th- and, and this is also. You would see this, and there wouldn't be a second page to see because you'd have to turn the page to see that second page, right? That is correct. So that, that's this is all you're getting to start with is just woman's face. Am I shitting? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I should probably say uh, explicit warning for this episode of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I wanted to I wanted to ask Brad uh, yes. whether this comic book was published by your company. Uh, I wish. Just because, you know, of how edgy it is. Oh, See what I've done? Nice. Edge comics. It's quite an, quite an edgy comic as well, yeah. It is indeed. Yeah. Uh, now, the writer, Brian K. Vaughan, is uh, uh, very, uh, not notorious, that's not the word I'm looking for, but he's a noted comic book writer. Right. He's done uh, a lot of uh, very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, I can't. I barely started a podcast and I'm already falling, falling <laughs> apart. Uh, he's got many successful and highly rated comic books, right? including Why the Last Man, which is a post-apocalyptic story mm. where there is only one man left in the world, uh, or everyone else is women. Um, and uh, Ex Machina, which is a, a story that combines superheroics with... Uh, local government about a, a superhero who becomes the mayor of New York. <laughs> uh, and he always has a different take on things. And this is a very bold opening page. Yeah. Uh, as loudly saying, this this is not what you're going to be expecting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and beautifully delineated uh, by Fiona Staples. I don't know how she does what she does, but uh it's very expressive artwork but yeah. uh people look like people and it's just like uh i'm in awe of her her artistic abilities yeah it's very nice and um yeah when i saw this first page i mean this i like to try to kind of paint myself as like a very innocent cherub 
of a man. Um, <laughs> you are like a uh, you are like some sort of man child. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this this is not not normally the sort of thing where I'm like, oh, that's great, but it definitely made me curious to to read on. I was so like, okay, where's go, this Fuck going? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't immediately like, all right, this comic's got shit in it. I'm on board, <laughs> which I assume most people would would be like that, obviously. Um, but yeah, it de- it definitely grabs you. Okay, let's flip the page. Okay, so uh, page two, there the woman is lying on a table, uh, and there's a man with his head up a dress. She's wearing a, a very attractive evening dress. Uh, and she's saying, uh, I, I hope I don't shit on you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> uh, the man is the, the, the character pictured on the front cover with the horns. He says, you never, you have never been as beautiful as you are right now. And it becomes apparent that they are, uh, trying to deliver a baby here. Well, she's doing all the work. Mm-hmm. I th- I th- one thing that I thought this comic did very well was the characters. Mm. Um, it seems like, I don't know, I, I, I haven't read any more of the uh, series, but I would assume it's very character-focused. Yeah, um, very much based so. On what yeah. Um, and, yeah, I think, Ori, at the start, it kind of sets it up as this guy's very kind of romantic and mm-hmm. in his ideas, and then uh, she's more crass. Yeah. She's got a little bit more earthy, I would say. Mm. By page two, we've got it all set up, the whole dynamic. Yes, indeed. Well, it's like that's economy of storytelling, that is. Mm. Uh, once again, beautifully delineated, and the background is all sorts of weird, uh, I'd say fantasy-esque, sci-fi-esque uh, bits and pieces floating around in the background. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're getting introduced to a interesting world. Mm. Popping over to page three. Uh, at any t- point I'm going too fast, feel free to stop me. But this is a, uh, a double size issue, so I'm going to try and power through it as much as possible. Sounds good. Uh, okay. So, yes, the woman is saying uh, nothing more lovely than a fat woman spread eagled on the back of an old body shop. Uh, and the man offers to cast a healing spell. Once again, saying, okay, so there's spells Mm -hmm. in this universe. So we have women with insect wings and men with horns and there's spells. And body shops. And body shops. Sorry, set up that, you know, there's sort of a a, a dichotomy going on, fantasy and something else. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Okay. The woman says, it doesn't hurt. It feels good. Yes, she's given birth. Mm Mm-hmm. She's uh, she's given birth and she's loving it. <laughs> I, I feel like um, I feel like Brian K. Vaughan might have just kind of Googled all the different things that can happen during childbirth and was like, yeah, stick them in. <laughs> it's like shitting, orgasming, yeah. whatever you got, just throw whatever it into these first few pages. We got, we, these are all space people. We can do anything we like. Yeah. I think uh, I always read that as relief that she has she has uh, birthed the baby and now the pain has stopped. I, that's, that, that's my that reading. That makes sense, it. but she says, is it sick that it 
feels so good. Uh, I feel like probably. it's implying that. Once again, very confrontational sort of uh, yes. storytelling right off the bat. I could just be a massive creep. That's also my whole cherub <laughs> persona out the window. It's always the it's always the quiet ones you got to watch out for. I feel I feel like especially given the context of uh, some stuff that happens later in the in the piece. Yeah, it's not was outside the realm this, of possibility. Uh, yeah, I was reading through this today and said, "Oh right, this this is a thing." <laughs> uh, what have I done to Reese? I'm so sorry. Uh, okay. So the woman says, you're crying. You never cry. What's wrong? And next page, he's crying in tears of joy because the child has survived and it's a girl. Very touching. Very nice. Yes. Uh, The child is all bloody and like what you'd expect from a child who's just been birthed. Certainly not. Very short. I don't know if maybe little babies are like that. I mean, I know they're shorter than a regular human. Well, not yeah, that my babies aren't regular babies, humans. So they are quite short. Right. Okay. Okay. This is good to know. Okay. But uh, I'm no expert either. Mm. Okay. Okay. Uh, next page. He hands over the baby and he, she starts breastfeeding him straight away. Once again, some people would find this highly confrontational. They would, uh, yes. Unfortunately, but, they would. But um, I think, I think basically. In these first few pages, he's just trying to get rid of all those people. He's not interested in telling a story to anyone who would find any of the any of this objectionable at all. He's like he's going for the, the uh, I was going to say the balls and all storytelling, but that's not what I was seeing yet. <laughs> that's not the th- expression I was after at all. Uh, the I, and you know I can handle everything else, but uh, if. If there was less shitting, that would be then I'd be on board. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, we each have our own our own uh, personal lines that we want to cross. Okay. That's right. I note that uh, the baby has horns and wings, uh, which is which. Well, you'd think your mama has wings, dad has horns. Why is mm-hmm. that so unusual? We'll find out. The next yes. page, we comment upon that she's got weird eyes. Mm-hmm. And Marco is the ch- is the fellow. This is, starts to chew through the umbilical cord. Yep, just just cutting away another section of audience there that will find that objectionable. And of course, the lady points out you are wearing a sword. Yeah, you don't need to do that. I and... feel like, despite his justification, yeah. he, he could have he could have given her a heads up that that's what he was about to do. I feel like oh. it's it's the height of impoliteness to start biting down on someone's grisly umbilical cord so, before so. without them knowing. Yeah, so your your objection is that he didn't follow proper decorum in that's this right. situation. Yes. Uh, that's fair enough. I mean, well, I don't, I wouldn't know what to do in that situation because <laughs> so, what do you do? So you're, you're saying you you don't know at all, so you may find yourself biting down on uh, someone's umbilical cord in that situation. Yeah, I mean, would it be considered more impolite to leave the umbilical cord unsevered in that situation? I mean, maybe just 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 check with the person who the umbilical cord is ta- attached with. Attached. I, mean, I think they would, okay. they would have the final say that. I think that it sounds like a fairly common sense approach. I'll yeah. go with that. Okay, he's he's really having trouble on this cord. Yeah, Chris, like I said. Uh, <laughs> 
secretly. Uh, we find out the woman's name is Alana. Uh, and she wants to call the baby Pico, but that they get, start getting into a, a argument about what the baby is going to be called. Mm-hmm. He says, Pico means something filthy where I come from. Uh, okay. And then they talk about how they're going to raise the kids and they're already starting to have a bit of a fight. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we get so introducing feeling... that there's like cultural differences here. Yes, indeed. And how big cultural differences they will be. Right. Uh, okay. Are we going to have a fight? Are we really having a fight now? Because that's how we ended up making this one. I guess that's, that's the sort of relationship they're in. Mm-hmm. Where conflict begets uh, begetting. Indeed. Uh, and then and it says, yeah, it says sorry. bang, right? After yes. That. And I was wondering, do you think that that bang is a sound effect or a really enthusiastic single word flashback? <laughs> That's how we ended up making this one. Bang. I thought it could have been like a, uh, like a, uh, a rim, a rim, <laughs> a rim shot. shot. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I was like, it's like, hey, how do you like that? Bang. But luckily, uh, we don't, we're not just left to speculation because there is another page on this comic yeah. book. Thank God. <laughs> uh, it would have been a very short comic uh, if there wasn't, but there is. Uh, okay, so there's someone banging on the door. What was that? Okay, a grease monkey apparently said that they could uh, pay them off so he'd have the place to themselves all weekend. Uh, and they hear that there's someone at the front. They, they, they say that the door is made out of dragon bone once again. More like more indication that this world is sort of a, a fruit salad world where there's mm. a bit of everything going on. Yeah, because it looks like a like garage door made of metal. Yeah, it looks but, sort of. Well, it definitely looks like it's bone once you know it's bone. But you would assume it's just like a metal garage door. Yeah, absolutely. But in fact, like it is it. made of dragon bones. And then we are introduced to Baron Robot Thirteen of the Coalition Forces. Yeah. There are some winged hawkmen. They have a literal grease monkey with them. <laughs> yes. The most uh, pathetically drawn. All of his poses are like, cowering and. Uh, just he just yeah. looks sad. He's not having a nice time. Yeah, this the the world has has beaten this uh, grease monkey down. There's nothing left for him. Uh, and I just want to say that these robots in epaulets are just my favorite. I don't know what it is about it, but that uh, costume plus the robots with the TV heads, it's yeah. just awesome. That's my favorite character design in the whole thing. Yes, indeed. Uh, yeah, TV head robots are, of course, a favorite part of everyone's uh, everyone's experience of this book okay, and this story. And, uh, we'll... I thought you were just going to say, in general, just like oh, well. everybody loves TV robot faces in any piece of media. Everyone was pining for TV robot heads in Star Wars. There might yeah. have been some, I suppose. I haven't looked at all the background characters. Oh, well, I think there were some droids with TV faces, but... Um, yes, I when I was at a convention, I was a person dressed as Prince Robot the Seventh. Oh, very good. Uh, and I was very excited when I saw him. I was like, oh yes, this is this is the highlight of my life. <laughs> and that was after I got married. Um, <laughs> okay, so uh, 
the man's going to buy some time. Uh, okay, she says, I can't fly away. Alana can't get out of there because her wings are useless. They're just there for, for looks. And while they're uh, discussing this, the, the door explodes. The robot guy and the grease monkey and the hawkman are there to tell them to put their hands in the air. Alana says, uh, suck my hemorrhoids. Yep. Going back to the everything that can happen from uh, giving birth. <laughs> Indeed. Just a quick Google search and you have your first chapter <laughs> yep. of your book done. Just a list. What to watch out for. Um, I want to say that this first, it's, it's quite a dramatic shot of them bursting through the garage door. Um, but the two winged goons on the left... Yeah, opposing so so hard, and it's like they they've been on a catwalk before, and there's like smoke billing out from behind yeah. them as well. Yeah. And then the guy, the wing dude on the right, just looks really upset that he can't pose because he's got to hang on to the monkey dude. Yeah, he's got hold of the monkey, got a monkey by the tail. Yeah, that'll cramp your style every time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, after the yeah, they they are very they are striking a pose there. <laughs> now, uh. Then we get some uh, some casual racism thrown in there. That's right. We're introduced to racism. It yeah. exists in this world. Yes. Uh, which is, I suppose, a common trope in uh, science fiction. That's true, yeah. Uh, that uh, there are races that are looked down upon. But uh, yeah. is that is that Mooney speaking language? Yeah. We should cut out its fucking tongue. Yeah. It's uh, a bit more uh, like full-on racism. Um, which in a way is is better, I suppose, in that you're uh, you're not pulling punches and just saying, "Oh yes, these people aren't allowed into the bar." Mm-hmm. Um, they're like really painting some awful people here. Yes, uh, indeed. But certainly, if you're not interested in, in in reading comic books with that sort of heavy stuff in it, that would also turn you off. I think at this stage. Surely they've they turned out, off probably. everyone who they, yep. who they wanted to turn off at this You're stage. probably right. You're probably right. Um, and, and everyone who's left is fully on board. We mm-hmm. also, or are they? We shall see. <laughs> okay. Uh, Lana argues that, you know, they can't, they've got no right to be here. It's uh, civilian territory. Of course, there's always, a, with, for every regulation, there's an equal and opposite regulation. Uh, but then one of the posy guys says, we got magic incoming. So oh, you, you missed the best bit. He says, D-meter's picking up exotic matter. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> Which, okay, I've written a joke that? for this, Brian. I've written a joke. Okay, okay. I'm ready. D-meter's picking up exotic matter sounds like the results of a particularly invasive airport security check when you've got a Prince Albert piercing. Oh, thank you. Oh, oh, oh. The, the, the D meter, they scan your D. Your yeah. D, I understand. <laughs> it's like, what's well, got exotic matter in the D? Okay. Yep. Uh, extra points. In <laughs> thank fact, you. bonus points uh, because you're the first person who's bothered to write a joke for uh, one of these readings. So, congratulations, Reese. I think you uh, you have ascended to the next level. I, I'm I'm glad that I am because I think the quality of my jokes, if they were compared against other people writing jokes, uh, it it would be a bit embarrassing. But now I've got the best jokes on the pod. Absolutely, you've got the best jokes and conversely the worst jokes. <laughs> oh, uh, yes. So we flip the page. The robot man is not happy. 
who else did you tell about this? Boom, we got some horned people show up. That's and right. They all, yeah. got, they all look very magic-y. They got swords and staffs, mm-hmm. and they've all got different sorts of horns. Yeah, and also, much like the robot and three-winged dudes, they've got one main dude with a staff and mm-hmm. three backup dudes. Yep. Like, these are the rules boys. for these squads. You're going to have one one main guy and three little guys. Yeah. Equally poised, equally posed. Yes. Although, for the fire and horns dudes, they don't have to carry a monkey around with them, so they all get to pose, which, you know, makes me think I'd, I'd prefer to be on their side. Marco starts talking alienese, and it's very clear from his body language that he's saying, no, do not do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alana says no. We have a face-off on the following page. The couple and the baby. Let's call them the family. Sandwiched mm. between the two the two groups. Um, and, you know, uh, Robot Man says, Reef Contingent off theatre. I don't know what he says. He says some sci-fi jargon. <laughs> Well, they need they need emergency clearance to engage Reef. Yeah, so, off, Reef yeah, off it, it makes sense. Yeah. They've, they've got a designated war zone, and they're not meant to battle outside of that. But they can just radio into high command, and that allows them to do battle. Yep, yep. And Alana says, "I loved you so much." So she has given up at this stage, saying, "We're yep, going to die." Tense. Uh, and then we have. Two sides shooting at each other. One side shooting with lasers. One side shooting with magic magic swords, sending mm-hmm. out energies. Uh, there's two pages of basically the two sides killing each other. Yeah. The, uh, the second page of the sides killing each other is where they got really into the gore. Like the guy's guy's head just being cut in half and you can see like his mouth and tongue just hanging yep. out mm-hmm. it's very uh it, i mean it's well drawn exciting stuff yeah it's like yeah it does not pulling any punches but you wouldn't expect that at this stage no you wouldn't yeah okay and the next page there's two silent panels as marco is sitting there with his eyes closed he opens his eyes and they look around and they are amazed that they're still alive Everyone else is dead. Yeah. The first time I read this, I thought I thought that this one except for guy somehow had saved them. Ah, yes, because you were looking for a reason for them to be alive. That's right. But then it seems to just be chance. But based on the way you've just phrased that, it seems like later on we find out some stuff. Uh... I've only read up to volume seven of this, which is, okay. I think, I don't know, about 50 issues. Uh, and I think it is just dumb luck they live All through right. this. Yeah, fair but enough. There, there is conjecture about their baby and the fate of their baby. I see. Um, you got to read the forums for that sort of thing, I, yeah. s- I assume? Okay. Uh, I expect so. Uh, yep. You have to read Penthouse Forum. Um <laughs> I don't think they even... Uh, I'm surprised people know what that is. Okay. Stupid kids. It's the monkey. It's the grease monkey. He's got his guts laying out on the side. He's, right. He apologizes. Uh, you know, well, 
doesn't really apologize. He gives them a gift as he dies. A rolled up piece of paper. It was a time of war. Isn't it always, says our unnamed narrator. As we pull the camera pulls back through the hatch in the roof of the body shop and we see the monkey breathe his last and the young family standing there wondering what to do next. So uh, that's the end of the first scene Mm -hmm. of this comic. So how's your... uh, What's your impression so far? So, as I mentioned, it's a bit of a fruit salad sort of like uh, setting. Is this was this something that uh, grabbed your attention, or did it uh, did it make you want to curse Google for letting them <laughs> check out what what happens when people give birth? Uh, yeah, I thought it, I thought it was cool. I, I think the the fruit is if fruit salad is that the right term? Are you thinking like kitchen sink? Sure, Making a fruit not? salad I in think, a kitchen think, sink. I call it yeah. fruit salad because there's a little bit of everything. There's some grapes, right. there's okay. some mangoes, but I mean, uh, I'm not trying to make that ca- like be a thing. <laughs> if, right. if you have a better analogy, please shoot. I've heard kitchen sink used. Everything and the kitchen sink. Yeah. Anyway, not important. Uh, okay. I, yeah, so I, they're I, making I'm, fruit salad in the kitchen sink. That's right. Yeah. I got the plug in. I would hope so. All the all the good bits don't go down the drain. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's a good setting for what this comic seems to be to me, which is like a fun, action-packed, uh, but also character-driven sort of narrative. Um, it doesn't make me that curious about the world. Like, mm. I feel like when something is a bit more focused, then I like yeah. I want to learn a bit more, which yeah. maybe some people would, but I feel like they're just throwing so much stuff at you that you're like, okay, well, it could be pretty much anything. doesn't particularly matter. We'll learn the things that are relevant to the characters. Uh, but other than that, it's just a, a cool kind of setting. We get to have all the fun things. We could have lasers and swords. Uh, and I think that, to me, feels like the point of this setting is that you just get to have all the fun stuff. Yeah. Right, yeah. Well, if you're not really that interested in the setting, the next few pages probably aren't for you. Yes. I as we bit, get I- our... A good old no info dump section. No, no. So you, you just take it away. I'll just, I'll just tune out. Okay, <laughs> okay. So uh, our unnamed narrator was born on a planet called Cleave, which is the planet they're in. And once again, the art is following that camera movement, which is something you can do in uh, comics. Is like even though it's all com- static images, uh, they follow on. They pull back. You can see the roof of the of the body shop. Keeps on pulling back until you see the planet they're on. Keeps on pulling back until you can see the galaxy. Explains that there was a war that happened mm-hmm. uh, between landfall and reef. Uh, one was a moon of the other. Reef is a moon of landfall. The horns and the winged, winged ones had a dispute. Uh, and they fought each other for many years. Uh, and but it just became too destructive, so they had proxy wars. So now they outsource the combat. There's internal com- combat between the two sides. Uh, uh, with each species forced to pick a side, planet or moon. Some of the yeah. some of the locals never stop thinking about the battles being waged in the names on distant soils. Most don't really give a shit. And I do think we... that's a interesting. Just before we get into this, I do think that's like an interesting setup. Is that you know this 
this war was so bitter and drawn out, and then they've roped the entire rest of the galaxy into the same war. Mm. Yeah. And I will point out that like, we've zoomed in on um, on the landfall. Landfall, yeah. And I noticed that uh, the winged people, all their wings are different, much like the horned peoples are all different. Some winged people have bird wings. Some people have insect wings. I'm sure some have bat wings. Uh, it's just like an interesting thing that wings is their theme, but they don't really follow any evolutionary uh, path to that. Yeah. And then and we're also zooming in on the Royal Embassy. The Royal Embassy, that is correct. Past a couple of guards. And we're thinking, okay, some, maybe there was a, someone who read the first part of this comic. And said, <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm past that. Now yeah. can, they're talking about uh, they're talking about intergalactic war. This is something I can get into. Uh, someone says deeper uh, <laughs> it, through the door. We go through the door and we have robot sex. Full on robot sex. There it yep. is. Okay, so. Uh, we have two TV-headed robots, the most erotic of all uh, body types, uh, getting into some coitus. Uh, the, the, the male one says, I'm trying, I'm... And then he has a flash on his TV screen of a bloody claw. And then he says, his TV goes off, and he says, I'm sorry. I'm very interested in the in like the mechanics of these screens. Is that they're both lit up while they're in the act there? Yes, and then both one turned of on at that stage, I would say. <laughs> You're very good. Um, and then the, there's the flash of the image, and then it shuts down. But yep. uh, back in the um, the other Baron Baron Robot the twenty third. So the yes. other robot. This one's a yep. prince, I think. Um, yes, Prince Robot the seventh. Ah, uh, fourth. He sorry. didn't. He didn't have his screen lit up at all. No. So I'm just wondering when when is it only turned on when they're turned on? Is that the only thing? But then why does it flash the? It's just interesting. I think uh, like there's there's quite a bit of uh, robot people action in the series. So right. They are a major player, and I think that uh, they the screens f serve different functions according to what's going on. Sometimes it okay. will reveal their thoughts. But usually, when they don't want them revealed, uh, sometimes. It'd be interesting if it was like an active intimacy to have your screen on because then you're like connecting, showing each other your thoughts. Mm, Maybe that's what's yes. going on. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I will point out that there is. Uh, I'll do a little spoiler for future issues. There, there is a character who is a older model robot, oh. and he has a black and white TV screen. <laughs> that's fun. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, uh, yeah. Do you think there's anyone walking around with just like a project, like a spinning set of pictures? Oh, that would be great. <laughs> with the light behind it. Yeah, that would be fantastic. <laughs> uh, what's one of those called? A hurdy gurdy? I don't know. Mm. Uh, and yeah, so we get a little bit more backstory on the the Prince Four, mm -hmm. Prince Robot the Fourth. Uh, <laughs> they're just I, I, they're just called robot. Yeah, I'm Baron Robot the twenty third. I'm Prince Robot the fourth. It's yep. very fun. And then we have, uh, you know, they're talking about uh, uh, good about what. The, okay, he's talking about <laughs> his experiences in the war, basically. Right. 
You don't want uh, to get into the bits where they're discussing different sexual positions? No. no okay. I'm fine. Continue on. Sure. Okay, that's all science fiction to me at the moment anyway. <laughs> um, so there a, a alligator comes to the door. Yeah, that's <laughs> an alligator good. butler. Yeah. Uh, dressed in the penguin suit. Uh, sorry to introduce Prince Robert. Uh, has a gentleman caller. Uh, so once it just come into the surely even if you've got surely the protocol is just a knock from the outside look uh, Reese, I don't know how you how you get to be so good at space people protocols <laughs> um, um, I, I, I really don't comment on I that. would be lost yeah I would be sitting there saying well okay is it is it appropriate I am like if I was a, an alligator person <laughs> Very few things would stop me from walking through the door. Right, yeah, probably alligator butlers are just walking through doors left and right. Well, I imagine so, unless yeah. they are locked. Yeah. But uh, we shall never see. Okay, we cut to, there's a winged guy sitting, lazing, playing with his phone, it looks like. Uh, in the background, there are all sorts of uh, horned... Heads mounted on the wall, let's say. So uh, it's pretty clear where the robot's allegiance lies. Mm. Oh, I didn't even put that together, that the, these are just like skulls of human people, not, not animals that That's have right. been killed, right? Yeah. I mean, either way, it doesn't reflect well on them. <laughs> no. I think but, it reflects on Especially not worse. worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's human-like people. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the guy is saying he's trying to... This guy is totally dissolute. Uh, he's trying to auto-update, and now the whole thing's frozen. He's complaining about his phone. Mm-hmm. He's just said, I've, uh, Prince Robot is like, I've just finished two years. Uh, no, the guy's unimpressed. Cedric introduces himself as Cedric Agent Gale, and he introduces uh, Prince Robot to uh, Alana. He says... Prince Robot says, what's all this about? He says, her, and shows her a picture of Alana. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robot is saying, what am I supposed to do? Okay, and he's being sent on a mission to find the couple, uh, Marco and Alana. I'm just skipping over most of that exchange, but it's like, it's an interesting like uh, power dynamic. Yeah. You have the the robot royalty, uh, and just this looks like a just like an annoyed uh, like annoyed teenager. I don't know. Yeah, some punk kid. Some punk kid just doesn't care. Uh, they mentioned that okay, they they disappeared, and uh, so Prince Robert says Mooney kidnapped her. And it says, no, 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 no. It looks like they, they, we got some footage of her being pregnant, and it looks like they got married since they're both wearing rings, a moon tradition, a wedding and, tradition. And also throughout this bit, lots more quite intense racism. Oh, yes. It's like, uh, as you would expect with uh, two sides that have been at war for, well, I don't know, centuries, millennia. Hmm. There is no love lost. Uh, 
And then uh, the agent says, well, your dad would like you to deal with this situation. Prince Robot says, but I've already served my time. I, I survived one of the worst sneak attacks in history. And the guy says, well, <laughs> surviving a sneak attack is not the same as winning a war. Uh, the guy flies off. And we find out, the narration tells us, from my very first day, I was pursued by men. Uh, and we find out someone broke her heart. Mm. Which is like, okay, so uh, clearly this is not going to, this character is not going to be a baby through the whole story. That's right. I, I saw somewhere that uh, Brian K. Vaughan had said it was going to be like 131 issues long or something like that mm-hmm. when it was... I was surprised that he knew to such accuracy. Well, he's done a lot of uh, long-form storytelling, so he's right. probably got his pacing really down it out pretty well. Yeah. I believe Why the Last Man was 90 issues. I'm not sure what Ex Machina was, but this is uh, probably his most ambitious story. But he's, right. uh, as I said, I got up to issue 7, which is, I think, 12 years down the line. Okay. So he's he's clearly got a clear ending that he has in mind. Right. So is it uh, is it still going at the moment then? Yeah. Last I heard, it was on hiatus. I see. What a shame. Uh, but they are still planning to, planning to finish it. I have dropped off the uh, the reading wagon a little bit, but I am very motivated to get back on it after experiencing the start all over again. Very good. Okay, so they're in the sewers. Uh, Alana and Marco. Alana reveals she has a cool-looking gun. Marco's mm-hmm. all like, no, 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 no. Uh, violence is wrong. And she says, oh, it's non-lethal. And he says, have you ever been shot with one? I haven't. How about you, Reese? I, I have not. She says it's a, it's a heartbreaker. Yeah. Which is, I was... I was wondering if there was any, perhaps any link between that and only one of them managed to break my heart from mm-hmm. before. Maybe it's not what you expect. She just gets shot with one of those guns. There's a good chance. I think I cracked open the whole story, guys. Okay, don't need well, to, don't need to read any more of them. Well, that's just it. Come to uh, me. Well, I'll give you wild speculation. Issues. We won't need to do any more of this ever again. Oh yeah, just just text me any comic book you're interested in and i'll tell you how it ends okay and uh, reese's number is <laughs> 04 123 4 uh, <laughs> okay so they look at the map it has uh all sorts of fairy tale names yeah all right you got lava swamps murder valley the uncanny bridge i, I always thought it would be better if it was the uncanny valley that's what, oh yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I, I didn't see the name Murder Valley, so when I saw them later talking about the Uncanny Bridge, I was like, yeah. oh, are they crossing the Uncanny Valley now? That's what I thought they were doing too. And the rocket ship forest with a big X on it. And it's not just it's not just a name, the rocket ship forest. No, no, apparently not. Apparently it's a forest where rocket ships grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, Lana says, are you kidding me? This is exactly what we've been looking for. And we have a page of some very nice facial expressions. Mm-hmm. Um, Alana gets a bit annoyed. Angry, uh, I would say. Uh, yes, well. 
We have a family to think about now. Oh, don't. Don't you ever say those words. We get some backstory on Alana, how her dad uh, worked himself to death. Mm-hmm. Threw his life away working a job he hated so he could take care of his family. Mm-hmm. Just, once again, a very character-focused yep. uh, scene in the, in the sewers. We cut to a spaceship. The Golden Snitch. The Golden Snitch. Uh, landing on a, a, looks like an icy planet. pair of boots and a pair of, well, a quartet of paws appear. Mm. And there's, uh, there's some tough-looking guy and a giant cat walking down the, the gantry of their spaceship. The guy takes a drag of a cigarette. So you know he's cool. He is, he is a hardcore cool guy. Just anyone home. And then uh, a monster appears on the next page. Goes, well, is it a monster or is it the doorman, as the bounty hunter appears to think? Okay. He does say, I'm here to. Yeah, he tells, him he tells the guy he has an appointment. The big creature breathes fire on him. It must be oh. difficult in this universe not knowing. Like, if, if this giant monster that's roaring at you could potentially be a doorman, I mean, going to different planets has got to be fraught. Uh, I think so. You'd really have to be on the game. Yeah, which, uh, thankfully, this man is. Yeah. Uh, he hides behind his cloak. It, pr- it uh, protects him from the, the flyer. He goes, think, think, think. He has a pouch-marked gunpowder. Uh, I'm going to assume that's gunpowder. Yeah. Not gun under. Gun, gun flounder. Gun flounder. Gun chowder. Mm. Uh, and throws it into the flaming mouth of the giant beastie, or doorman, as the case may be. I when think this, his... bit, this bit where he just says, think, think, think. Yeah. I, I don't know if you can just write that and then make us think that this guy is clever. Just because he says, think, think, think three times and then does something. Well, what a clever solution. I threw explosives into its mouth. So you're saying this this is a bit of character shorthand that you don't uh, completely buy. No, don't buy it. That's fair enough. (laughs) It's very cool, though. When you read it in in the moment, it's very cool. Yeah. Uh, But just pouring over every page to analyze it for this excellent podcast, I was Mm -hmm. like, you're trying to trick me, and I'm not falling for it. Yeah, well, we'll see. Uh, in late, if you continue reading, you'll find that there, perhaps he is not the wisest man. Oh, there you go. Uh, or the smartest, but he does manage to dispatch the doorman. And you have a man they call the Will, and a horned lady. Now you've a uh, unicorn horn, but mm. uh, fitting with the with the uh, theme of horns being all sorts of different sorts of horns. Yep. She, she's pretty clearly with the Moonies. I'm Vez, you're hired. Uh, and he gets mad because he wasted a beautiful creature for an addition. He runs towards her, but she throws up a shield, a magical shield, and knocks him back. Does this get expanded at all, the fact that uh, these bounty hunters are basically use the same language as actors, like saying audition, my union rep. Mm. 
Uh, I is, is he I just cannot, having fun with words there? Or is that I think a... he's just having fun with words. I okay. cannot recall, but I do know that the freelancers are a thing. Uh, they are an organization, and there is uh, a code they must follow, which uh, may or may not come into practice in the future. Uh, rightio. Uh, the woman uh, lets him know that she detests freelancers, mm-hmm. uh, but she has a, a job, and she wants him to kill Marco. Um and she says the tablets of prophecy have just revealed that he'll soon be responsible for the millions for the death of millions of innocent souls. And the cat, the gigantic cat, looking a bit like a hairless uh, Siamese type cat, mm. says lying. So this is good. Now we've got both both signs are gonna get uh, hunted down basically, and that's yeah. gonna be that seems like basically what the story is gonna be. Yes, and uh, it's an exciting the, setup. The the winged people are after the winged girl, and the horned people yes. are after the horned boy. Interesting. Uh, she okay. Just, did your animal just call me a liar? She's not a liar. She's a lion cat. Ding 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 ding. ding, 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 ding. Oh, ooga, ooga. Yay! We did it. We did it. We did it. <laughs> well, I mean, you did it. You got the points for that one. Oh, I am so winning this podcast. Yeah. I mean, I've got bonus points for the jokes. I don't know how how many points we're giving out. Oh, I forgot about bonus points. Yeah. I say it's tied at the moment. Okay. So we're going into the tiebreaker. <laughs> okay. Uh, Is that a fight to the death? Uh, yes. Uh, we have to chew through an umbilical t- cord faster <laughs> than the other person. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we'll do that after we finish recording. So I'll Sounds good. read the show notes. I'll let you know who won. Okay, so she uh, gives him a magic credit card. Uh, and she says that they've hired other people as well. Am I lying about that? The lying cat is unimpressed, but does not say lying, so she is not. Uh, okay, and they want the orphan alive and unharmed. Yes. Uh, when they're referring to an orphan already because they fully expect the parents to be killed. Which is uh, in contrast to the other people, they don't seem. They seem to have just a laser focus on the on the winged woman. Mm. From what we know yeah. so far. Yes, indeed. Uh, the guy exhale, ex- exhales some cigar cigarette smoke from his nose. Says, "What sort of asshole brings a kid into worlds like these?" Oh, he's he's so he's a cynic, so moody and and. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Windswept and interesting. Boom. We're, they've gotten out of the uh, the sewers, Alana and Marco. Uh, Marco is warning that it's dangerous to travel at night. Yes. The and, horrors. And Alana is like, yeah, whatever. These things are, <laughs> those things are made up. And he's like, uh, no, I saw them. Why don't we do the whole whole comic like this? <laughs> well, uh, uh, I'm hiring you to go kill uh, Marco. Uh, no, my union rep. We should have done the whole thing. Yeah, well, yeah, well, it's not too late to pitch that to uh, to the comic creators and say, look, we will uh, do a a, a '90s tape. reboot. <laughs> '90s reboot, radical. Early 2000s. 
Okay, they come across the the bridge. The uncanny bridge is destroyed, and armies are fighting in uh, whatever it's called, Murder Valley or whatever. Yeah, it's a very cool double spread. What is that? Yeah. Like? Just a spread, a single spread, I suppose. A double spread uh, would be four pages. Double page right? spread is the uh, Duriga. Oh, it's so close. It was so, so close. close. Um, giant war turtle. Yes. That. Shooting laser so... beams. Yeah. Like I said, it's just this setting is just so you can have all the fun things. They're yep. all in there. Whatever you want. Yeah. It is a it is a, a a universe of magic and science. It is your your prototypical uh, science fantasy, mm. um, which means basically anything can happen. I suppose I have a good lean to lazy storytelling. I don't know. <laughs> But it does lead to also spectacular vistas of yes. giant turtles fighting armies and flo- floating uh, trailer boats or whatever they are. Which is excellent for the comic book medium. Yes, Being indeed. a visual medium. I don't know if you knew this on your podcast, uh, comic books are a, a visual medium. That's, that's why I do a podcast which has no visuals in it <laughs> about suppose, it. As opposed to like novels, you understand. Novels, not so much a visual. They're more of text-based. Well, I hear they're a movie for your mind. Oh, very well put. Thank you. Well, that's uh, I think that's Audible.com's uh, <laughs> uh, logo or sl- slogan. What, they okay. stole that from you? Uh, yes. A few seconds since you just said that? They already <laughs> put that up? Oh, man. Yeah, I'm going to be uh, furious. I'll be hearing from my lawyers. Uh, okay. So things look bad. Um, but Marco doesn't give up. He's right. Uh, we've got to give it a go. Uh, we survived worse than this. We have hope. And there's a picture of a, of a girl. And Alana says, if you think I'm calling my, my daughter that, I want a divorce. And we find out that the baby's name is Hazel. Hmm. And they're once again talking like uh, the young lovers that they are, bantering about what they're going to call Silly grins on their faces. Yes, indeed. They move in for a kiss. And they kiss. In a full page uh, image that closes out the issue. But it's not just a nice image of two young lovers kissing. There is also a plethora of growing red eyes in the background (laughs) waiting to... Horrors. uh, I would say, fuck this shit up. Uh, Yeah, I actually did not notice that. I was so fixated on the the beautiful moment. They finally kiss. It's wonderful. It's romantic. I didn't even even take in those red eyes. That is the beauty of the comic book medium, is that you... You can have those things in the background and you can miss right. them. And when yeah. you go back, you're like, oh, <laughs> oh. Um, it's much like giving birth. Uh, rightio. <laughs> so, when, so when you go back to giving birth, you can be like, oh, oh. Yeah, pretty much. I mean. You time travel, Brad? Uh, I was, uh, I'm my own grandma. Oh, um, cool. I am caught in a temporal loop. Oh, well, um, maybe not. Not so congratulations. That could be get boring. (laughs) Okay. So uh, I think we've reached the end of this issue. So I'm going to ask you, Reese McCain, what do you think? Final judgments. I Uh, 
thought oh you want to give me the options the options are well there are three options there's good there's bad and there is crazy but i will say you can combine those you can combine good crazy or bad good i see um uh, well, your your I, imagination is the limit, Reese. I didn't. Can I combine like parts of the word, like yes. crad or crud? <laughs> yeah, sure. But people <laughs> think you're talking about me if you say crad. Um, um, yeah. So I, I didn't know that I combined them. So I was going to say good. I think it's very, definitely going for crazy uh, mm. in a lot of ways. But I think the overall effect is good because um, it's just it's fun. It's doing what it wants to do. And I think that's what you have to mark things by, is what, what they're attempting to do, what they achieved. Uh, and I think it definitely, it, it, it is what it is. It's like this fun, schlocky action, but also interesting uh, characters, character work. Um, so I thought it was good overall. But definitely, if I can combine a little bit, I'd add a little bit of crazy. So like goodsy, good I think is my, would be my time. Final, okay. final judgment. That's goodsy. Uh, I'm going to go, uh, well, I'm, I guess that means you liked it, which makes me relieved because I was hoping that whoever I showed this comic, and particularly you, Reese, would enjoy it uh, for its goodness and its craziness. Uh, I consider it a good good. Good good. Wow. I didn't know you could double up. Oh, man. I make the rules. I can do anything I like. We can probably make all sorts of sentences if we just can use those same letters over and over again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a Bradzy. <laughs> uh, yeah, good, good. A Bradzy, as they yeah. call it. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Uh, yeah, cool. Uh, and it is a, I found it a very engaging start yes. to a story. That's one thing. So I would, I would probably not be too enthused to continue this uh setting aside my i'm just because i don't really collect comic books but mm -hmm. uh just because i feel like these sorts of things are very easy to make very exciting at the beginning because you just sort of promise the world you set up all this uh wild stuff going on but then the number of things that actually manage to deliver on that in the long term dwindles and dwindles and dwindles so i would probably i'd probably hold off until it were, it were a complete product before uh, potentially diving in myself Sounds like wisdom. Uh, it has a very strong opening act, and I'm not just talking about the first issue right. here, but the first year's worth of stories is That's good. very good. Um, but it is hard to maintain, Yeah, and it is on hiatus. So, yeah. uh, you know, I think if you are the sort of person, if you're a completionist and you want to get the, you want to get the whole thing, I would say, yes, wait till it's all done and read it then uh next question and we're, we're just uh tipping over an hour here on the podcast so we'll try to blaze power, yeah power through the rest of this stuff yeah, blaze uh, i think i have blaze i'd prefer to blaze through it than power okay through, you blaze yeah. i power I'll, yeah sounds good okay and i'll get burnt and you'll get uh ripped and let's spend exactly that amount of time on every single sentence that we say <laughs> Okay, let's overanalyze everything we say. Uh, what did uh, what did you learn from this comic, Reese? Oh, I, I forgot about this one. Um, uh -huh. I, I, oh, you caught me off guard. 
even yep. though you, you let me know that this would be happening. That's how um, I lure you into a false sense of security by telling you everything that's going to happen. Oh, you know what I learned? I learned that uh, robots and epaulets are freaking awesome. That's what I learned. Yeah. Uh, and I found out that the act of lovemaking between robots is <laughs> not erotic. Well, speak for yourself. Okay, I am speaking for myself, not meaning to uh, yuck your yum, but uh, <laughs> not for me. Thank you. Uh, okay, so uh, that segment was done in record time. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh, so now we've uh, completed that. Uh, yeah, we've basically uh, knocked the head on that entire comic. It's time for us to go for some deeper matters and uh, grab a question from the internet. Excellent. And I have a very lengthy one. I posted to the Troubling Issues Facebook page and said, anyone got a question for the podcast about science fiction? And my good friend, philosopher and academic, Kevin Lowe, wrote a very wordy question, which I think we shall spend a few minutes discussing. Some science fiction is really about military science. Some is about history and alternative history. Some is about the economics or politics. Some is really about race and sex. Then there's sci-fi that's just about, but that isn't about anything at all. Just dudes in space going pew pew and having adventures. Which do you like better and why? And as a second question, is sci-fi always better when it gets some deeper theme going on? What are your thoughts on that one, Reese? Um, well, to the to the second point, I'm, I think it. It's hard to define better, but uh, it just depends on what you're in the mood for, really. Like, some people just want something that uh, doesn't have much going on. It's just fun. Um, but I think if you're looking at it, like, as a work of art, then yes. Simple as that, yes. I think, well... Does that cover it? I think that covers it to a degree. I will say that it's very hard. It is, in fact, hard to do a story where it, there is no subtext, where it's not about You're right. anything. You're right. I think, um, I mean, even uh, Star Wars, which is a prototypical pew pew uh, story, has a fairly stridently, uh, I would say, anti space Nazi message. <laughs> That's right. That space Nazis are bad. And you can map space Nazis. I don't know if you've ever done this, but you could actually map space Nazis onto okay. actual Nazis. Listening. What? Yeah. So, yeah, I th there's a hidden hidden undercurrent there. Yes, yeah, a tricky extra question. I, I would say that I, would, I was probably interpreting the question as, like, as intentionally addressing those subjects versus uh, unintentionally. Ah, uh, so it comes down to... Yeah, I well, my I would maintain that if you're most authors when they are not intentionally not addressing those things, oh, I definitely find, still can be there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think that uh, if they don't address those sort of things, I generally find that they're not as good a story. Right. Yeah. I think that the because if if it's just like uh, if it's just a kitchen sink and every, all this crazy stuff is happening. Uh, then what is there to be? Where, where's where's our connection with that? Where's our hook? Mm -hmm. Where do we care about that? 
we all we all hate space Nazis. Um, we all want to feel like uh, that you know anyone could be a hero. But uh, I'm just thinking from a Star Wars point of view. I mm. think there's always a another level there, and if there isn't, then usually you end up with a fairly pedestrian type story. I don't know, Brad. Yeah, I think I'm just gonna uh, throw out my whole answer and steal yours. Good stuff. Yeah, I'm not ashamed okay. to admit that I was wrong. I was wrong. Okay, I was a fool. What I said just before. Oh dear. Uh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. And, uh, didn't mean to make you feel bad about it. I, I don't feel bad about it. I feel uh, feel refreshed, well, and I've got a new. Oh, okay. So sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, no. But uh, there was a first so... part to the question as well, which was less um, philosophical. Which do you uh, like which better? Is just, which, which one do you like better? Yeah. Uh, I think that in the end, the sci-fi things I enjoy the most are ones where it's uh, a kind of real-world thing with a sci-fi element, like one sci-fi concept added into, rather than a whole sci-fi world, just yep. one sci-fi concept like time travel or clones or something added into a regular story. Those are those are, tend to be the ones that I enjoy the most. So it's like the world we live in, ripped from today's headlines, but there's one thing that's different. Yeah. Or yeah. it doesn't yeah, it doesn't have to be current day world, like it can be past historical as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But just I something am- where where that's the focus and you can kind of enjoy learning about this one particular uh, sci-fi concept and how it works within this within our regular world. Yeah, so it's like uh, it's like if the story was set in 18th century France. Yep. And are you everyone... pitching something to me, Brad? Yes, I am, and everyone is addicted to space crack. <laughs> That's um, right. Yeah. Like laudanum. That was a thing uh, that people no, no, no. used to well, do. Like laudanum, but from yeah, space. but from space. Yeah. Yeah. They charged laudanum up with uh, moon juice. Oh, you're talking about it. Or just like alien radiation that's like the color from space, but it goes into drugs. Oh, yeah. Let's write it, Brad. Everyone starts acting like Nick Cage all of a sudden. (laughs) That's right. Talking about uh, alpacas and how great they are. Yeah, and alternately uh, shouting and just talking very, very forcefully. That's it. Well, I think we've got ourselves a winner. Uh, what about you? What's you sh- your preferred one? Uh, I do like me some escapism. Right. So I I generally go for... Well, I've been watching lots of Doctor Who lately, and it's, the good thing about that is, is a little bit of everything is available. Yep, bit of fun. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah, because they can have one set in current day, except there are uh, robot men walking yeah. around. It can be set in history. It can be set in outer space. So uh, I don't think I have a favourite sort. Uh, I guess I do like Tales of the Everyman. Mm. Oh, very good. You prefer a um, fruit salad kitchen sink approach. Yeah. yeah. I like I like fruit salad in my kitchen sink. Yeah. That's just separate to this conversation. I oh, yeah. Because notice delicious. that you seem to be making something in a kitchen sink at the moment. Well, you know, I'm just chopping up some uh, pineapple and uh, mm-hmm. grapes and mangoes and uh, bananas, yeah. uh, some lime juice. Yeah, anything else? Um, 
passion fruit. Okay, cool. Uh, dragon fruit. Oh, nice. Uh, some oranges and mandarins. Cool, cool. And limes. Oh, yeah. Uh, I said lime before. Uh, lime juice, are, you said before. These are space limes. Are you doing uh, lime juice and lime? Or yeah. Just, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. And uh, actually, uh, quick lime. <laughs> what is that? Uh, I think it's uh, another name for... Uh, I can't think of it like some sort of toxic chemical. Yeah, sounds uh, good. Yeah. Uh, all good. Right. So uh, that's a little bit of a digression. <laughs> well, we're going to finish this uh, po- podcast. Okay. Uh, we've answered the question. And uh, thank you. Thank you, Kevin, for and everyone for uh, putting in some questions. There were some really good ones there. Uh, enjoyed it. We've uh, we've moved into the we're moving into the finals fr- phase of the podcast. Sorry, was there lemon in that? Salad? Uh, no, I didn't say. Uh, no lemon. No. I think you should add some lemon. I think it'd really spice okay. it up. Sorry, did we, were we doing something else? Lemon. I was just thinking, uh, just the lemon. Yeah. Okay, grapes. <laughs> Go back through the whole thing. Well, some more grapes, some some red grapes, and some uh, purple grapes. Oh, okay, uh, mix. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I would stick to one type of grape myself. Uh, okay. Uh, and uh, choco. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't think it's a vegetable, though. I oh, know I don't think it's a fruit, though. A fruit, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, besides delicious fruit salad, uh, what yeah. would you recommend people if they would sort out uh, entertainment, perhaps mm-hmm. with a sci-fi band, maybe with a science fantasy band, or maybe completely unrelated? Is there anything you would recommend people give it a go, Reese, uh, to? experience instead of or as well as saga yep i've, I've gone completely unrelated um oh. yeah uh, so the most recent comic book that i read was die i don't know if you've heard of this by kieran gillen uh, uh, oh no i have not it's kind of like jumanji meets dnd um so some people get trapped in a dungeons and dragons world and their uh, dead dungeon master is um psychopathic and trying to kill them oh and wow it's, it's quite cool i only read the first uh collection of issues um oh. but I, I i enjoyed it quite a bit i got that from my brother and then he let me read it afterwards so it's same same cycle that's the only way i get comic books um and another thing because uh as i said prefer novels um <laughs> Uh, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. Probably loads oh. of people know about it, but I just yeah. love it. It's amazing. That's like a history, but magic is real sort of thing. Yeah. It can take... It starts with Mr. Norrell, and he's quite a boring man. So it can take quite <laughs> a while, quite a bit to get through that. If, if that dissuades you at all, just keep mm. reading until Jonathan Strange shows up. On the second read-through, you'll love the bits with, jo- with Mr. Norrell. I guarantee <laughs> okay. it. But first so your time recommendation through, is to read uh, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell twice. That's yeah, at least. Okay. And watch the BBC miniseries. Thank but of you. course. Ah uh, yes, uh, that is a good, very good pick. Very good picks, I should say. Uh, I did read a uh, a novel, uh, a book series which had exactly the same setup of Die, uh, about twenty years ago. Nice. But uh, it sounds, I imagine it would be more suited for a comic book type. Mm. Uh, uh, 
uh, presentation. Yeah, that's mm. the word. Uh, more suited for a comic book presentation. Uh, and uh, yeah, and uh, Jason Aaron is a very good writer. What was the uh, name of that? Do you, do you know? Jason Aaron, was it? No, what was the name of the... Oh, who's this? Oh, it's wait. Kieran Gillen wrote Oh, Dark. Kieran Gillen. Okay, yeah. my mistake. I got those mixed up because they both done work for Marvel, I believe. Uh, Who okay, has? Kieran, Kieran Gillen. Next time uh, you're going to be saying Stan Lee wrote Die. He did some uh, stuff for Marvel, I think. Yes, Stan Lee's Die. <laughs> uh, was particularly good. Uh, I, uh, I've been racking my brain on a recommendation. Uh, I feel like I, my recommendation is to read Saga. Yeah, fair enough. Read well. At the very, at the very least, pick up the first volume of the collection, which collects the first six issues, and uh, you can take it or leave it after that. But if you're not hooked by the end of the first six issues, you'll never care about it. So get Saga Volume One, but from Image Comics by Brian K. Vaughan and Fiona Staples. Prepare for some delicious fruit salad in your sink <laughs> and get into that. That's my recommendation. A bit of a cheat, but I can do that. Uh, so that's it. We're just about done there, Reese. Thank you very much for your time today. It's been a blast, Brand. Thank you for having me on. Oh, thank you. Uh, and my question, oh, my last thing for you is, do you have anything you want to plug? Sure do, Brad. Um, you can find me and my many uh, half-baked projects at reesemakesthings.com or reesemakeswords on Twitter. Um, so that would be R-E-E-C-E? Incorrect, Brad. Oh, oh how awkward. <laughs> R-H-Y-S uh, and then the, the rest of it. So, yeah, R-H-Y-S, reesemakeswords or reesemakesthings.com. M A K E. Yeah, I'm not going to spell the whole thing. Okay. Uh, and also, Reese makes moving pictures on YouTube. All those words spelled how they are in the English dictionary. I love it. Uh, you recently did a a uh, little video which I found quite amusing about a regular guy. <laughs> Just uh, a regular guy speaking about the accuracy of the representation of regular guys in movies. Yeah, a bit of a spoof of those experts breakdown. Uh, different parts of movies, videos. And yeah, I, I'm mainly on my YouTube channel and doing sketch comedy videos. Yeah, good stuff. Okay, well, thanks, Reese. Uh, there'll be some pumping music in the background as we speak. I love it. Wrap up the. I can hear it in my head. Can you? I'm dancing. Love it. Uh, thank you for, once again for coming along and going through this issue of Saga with us. Uh, you have been listening to the latest issue, latest issue, latest episode of Troubling Issues. Hope to see you next time. Thank you and bye.